John chapter 4 and verse 34. John chapter 4 and verse 34. Now, I put a unique picture on the screen this morning. Because that screen kind of represents a lot of us. We're bound in shackles. And, and I'm going to talk to you about this a little. A little I, I've shared this topic before, but today we're going to share it in a little different light. See, I have breakfast on Saturday mornings with people, and sometimes little words are etched in my mind. And they kind of, you know, when somebody says something and, and just one word just sticks. One was said yesterday and it stuck. And it made me start thinking about several things. Now, you have to excuse me, I gotta take my jacket off because I'm getting a little warm up here. I know you guys aren't so warm back there, but or out there. But here's a jacket if one of you are extra cold. <laughs> um so anyway, so this this began to uh kind of stick in my mind and and I was thinking, hmm. And the key word yesterday that was mentioned, now I don't know if the person realized they said it when they said it, but the key word was harvest. Harvest is mentioned throughout scripture in several portions. But when we begin to think of a harvest, we begin to think of an influx or an intake of crops into a silo or into a barn, into a place where it can be redistributed. Now, this morning in John chapter 4 and verse 34, and Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him who had sent me, and to finish his work. Am I reading it right? Yes. Am I reading it right? I thought I was reading the wrong place. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look into the fields, for they are white and ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true. One soweth and one another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestoweth not labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors now this is a this is a john is a chapter i believe of, of just surprises to me because there's so many things that john talks about throughout the book of john it's it, it's incredible and one of the ones that stick out to me most prominently is the woman at the well why was that a, a significant thing she was surprised that Jesus would speak to her. Yeah. The woman was surprised that all that Jesus knew about her. 
The people in the city were surprised at her testimony when she came back into the town talking about this man who she met at the well, knew everything about her. Even the man that she was living with that wasn't her husband. Man, could you imagine you confronting Jesus on the street today? And all of a sudden, you're talking with Jesus. He starts telling you about your life, and he brings out his sin. <laughs> Many of us would cringe. We're like, how did he know? I didn't share this with anybody. She had certainly not shared it with him before because she'd never met him before. But he knew. But the astonishing thing to me was, is why did the disciples go into town? You remember why the disciples went into town? They went to gather food. They went to get food for Jesus. But when they came back, they were surprised that Jesus wasn't even hungry. You know, it, that, that whole parallel in there just is, 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 is great. But Jesus announced here in this particular portion of Scripture that there was a great harvest of souls that were ready. Now, the disciples, they're not like, what? Look into the fields, they're white of the harvest. They're thinking of grain. They're thinking of, of, of going out and cutting wheat and stuff. But Jesus begins to announce to them that, that, that it's, not a, it's not a harvest of wheat, but it's a harvest of souls, people. I believe this morning that this message, I think, should speak to every believer, every born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, because every believer needs to know about the harvest. Because the harvest is the most important and the most crucial thing in our Christian walk. You see, I believe sometimes Christians excuse themselves from witnessing by saying their family or their friends uh, aren't ready to believe. They aren't ready to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. So I'm just not going to mention it to them right now. Do you know what you're doing actually when you don't mention to people about the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming? You're robbing them of the opportunity of coming to the Savior like you were given the opportunity to come to the Savior. What happened if nobody ever spoke to you about Jesus? You wouldn't be here this morning. You'd still be shackled by your sins. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, have the, the gumption to, to get out and to, to do the things that the Lord would want you to do. You'd, you'd be sitting at home with your feet kicked up, probably watching something on TV that brings filth to the eyes and to the head and to the body, and then they wonder why they get sick when they watch all this garbage on TV. I watch some things on TV from time to time, and I get sick. <laughs> I'm like, my goodness. How do people watch this stuff? I have to turn it off. You know how hard it is to try to flip on the TV and try, we do this at home, we try to go through and Hulu or Netflix or something like that, and we try to find a clean movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost impossible. Yeah. I tell you, we might, we, we might can scan through about 150 movies and we'll find one. And it's usually something that was like done back 
in the day when they weren't allowed to use that language by the FCC. You know what the FCC is? No, I better not say that because I can't do that. Okay? We'll be shut down for sure. We won't be able to post a thing. Be careful, Dave. Yes. <laughs> you got, got to do that sometimes. The harvest has to do with the finished work of Christ. How do we know that? Because he just said in here. Jesus said unto them, my need is to do the will of him that has sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus has come to finish the work. And so Jesus said unto them, and he makes it very clear, to finish the work, paying for our sins on the cross. That was Jesus' purpose. That was his finished work, was to take care of our sins. <coughs> Salvation by grace by by grace through faith is offered to everyone is offered to all no one is excluded no one cannot have this see we were having this discussion this morning about paying for things paying for sin and we were talking about handing out the um, what do you call those giving the statements. giving statements for the year for those who follow them on their taxes you get a giving statement, which is which is good. But we were talking about some other religions. Okay, I'm gonna be careful here. Some other religions where you have to pay a tax or you don't get a good seat. Come Hanukkah. Oh, wrong word. <laughs> be careful. If you if you don't pay up, then you have to stand in the back. So my encouragement to all is start paying good tithes. You can sit right up here on these front rows. <laughs> Notice the whole row is empty. What is that saying? Wow. wow. I didn't say anything. Wow. I just said all the front seats are empty. That's all I said. <laughs> there was no indication of what you did or did not pay or offer to the Lord. <laughs> wow. I can see where this is. The comments are going to come today. <laughs> But I love comments. I love the challenges that I get when people listen to our message. And they say, what about this? And it gives me the great opportunity to share Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, the harvest of souls is ready now. Yep. It's ready now. It, we're not to wait four months to go and witness. We're not to wait four weeks to go and witness. We're not even to wait four days. No, it's ready now. If we don't start doing the work now, what's going to happen if Jesus shows up in the next four hours or the next four days and we haven't done anything to witness to the souls that are out there to, to bring in the harvest? If we're not working at bringing in the harvest, then what are we doing? Remember last week I said, how many did last week their homework? Oh boy, we're in trouble. Oh my. Remember, I said, remember, you're supposed to get up and you're supposed to ask, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What does Jesus want me to do when? Today, did anybody do their homework? Oh, I got a couple hands. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. 
every day. Every day you're supposed to ask this question. What is my purpose? That's right for today, right. What does Jesus want me to do today? Well, guess what? I'm sharing with you what Jesus wants you to do. He wants you to go and reap the harvest. Hallelujah. He wants you to bring in the souls to the kingdom of God. Amen. We are to begin this work immediately. We're not to postpone. And Jesus even gives instructions for getting involved in the harvest. Did you know that? He gave instructions. When he first he said, lift up your eyes. What does that mean? When he says, lift up your eyes. What, does, what is Jesus saying there? He's saying, don't focus on earthly things. Because these earthly things aren't going to get anybody into heaven. But when we lift our eyes up unto the Lord, the Lord will give instructions. He will give direction. And then he says what? Then he says, look unto the fields. Why does he want you to look unto the fields? What do you see when you look up? If you're looking through your earthly eyes, you're going to see all kind of corruption. You're going to see all kind of sin. You're going to see things that you don't want to see. But if you begin to look unto the fields and see people as God sees them, then you see a whole different you see a whole different perspective of people when you see them as God sees them. You see, we need to realize that the need is urgent and we're not to procrastinate. We're to look unto the field. Look up first. Ask Jesus, where does he want you to go? Where does he want you to say? Because he says in his word over and over, he will provide the hearers. In other words, those that you're to witness to, those that you're to bring to Christ, he's going to put in your path. He puts people in our path every day. What are we doing about bringing them into the harvest? Well, I don't think they're ready. I don't think they're ready. The problem that we as the Christian body face today is this. The problem is we have too many spectators and not enough reapers. Everybody wants to watch and see what somebody else does to get something done, but, 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 we're, but we, don't, we don't do anything to bring in the sheep. As I would say, there's too many shirkers and not enough workers. Everybody wants to put the responsibility on somebody else. That was their job. Pastor, that's why we hired you, remember? That's why, remember, that's why we have you. See, because we have other things to do, so you take care of that part. You like it, you're challenged by it, and it always brings a smile to your face. That's why we leave it in your pocket. But you can have that same joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can have that same kind of happiness bringing people to Christ. Remember, the angels rejoice over one that comes home. You should be rejoicing. When you bring somebody to Christ, it does something in you. I'm telling you, it changes you. I don't know. I'm kind of quiet in here this morning. I'm getting a little concerned. <laughs> 
You see, the, there's not many expecting a great harvest. Well, why is that? Well, pastor, you know that portion of the scripture that says narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. And only a few are traveling that road. So, you know, there's not going to be a great harvest. How do you know how wide that road is, really? Yes, we know the road that leads to, to hell is wide and it's broad and it's big. And many are traveling that road. But they're not there yet. We have a chance to snatch them out. We have a chance to change their lives. They have an opportunity to be redeemed. And we have, somebody said, well, Pastor, why do you speak on soul winning usually around the first of the year? Because I think we're off to a new start. And when we're off to a new start, let's start getting more people involved. Let's start bringing more people into the kingdom of God. We, you want something to do? Let's, let's bring in the sheaves. Let's start confessing to people who we serve and why we serve him. I serve him because he gave his life for me for no other reason. It's not because he promises to take care of me. It's not because he promises to allow his blessings to flow in me. It's none of that. It's simply because he gave his life for me for no other reason. Some people want to serve the Lord. They want to pay their tithe so they can be blessed and get all the, all the earthly stuff. I don't want any earthly stuff. You know why I can't take it with me? Kind of like that joke I told you, or that little story I told you about the man who died and he had all this gold. And when he died, he told the the the, the family put all that gold in my coffin and so when he got to heaven with all of his gold and the angel saw him there and said oh more asphalt the streets made of gold you know so he just brought more to make more streets listen there's nothing here on earth worth losing your soul over nothing The devil can have it all. You see, because my soul belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. My soul belongs to the King of Kings. And nobody can take that away from me. No one. You can take my life, but guess what? You can't take my soul because that belongs to Jesus Christ. Because I've given it to him. I've surrendered it to him. He is mine. I am his. And he reminds me of that every day. Many just trying to hold out. You know, I love this one. You know, many, many are just trying to hold out till Jesus gets back. I'm just gonna hang in there till Jesus returns. Let the younger people do it. Let the other people deal with it. I'm just, I'm, I'm old. I just got to sit here, just, I just got to, he's coming any time for me. And I just, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to mingle with unsaved people because it, it could cause me to stumble. And yeah. sure enough, as soon as I stumble, Jesus is going to blow the trumpet. I'm out. <laughs> no, it's not that cut and dry. But listen, <coughs> we're to be aggressive right now. This, 
the, we should be the most aggressive people on the earth, actively reaping. Reapers must cultivate compassion toward the lost. Matter of fact, Matthew tells us in 936, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He had compassion on them. Do we in the body of Christ still show that same kind of compassion? Now I'm not saying lay down and become a doormat to the world, but I'm saying do we have the compassion to continue to win the souls for Jesus Christ. There's a need for reapers. It's urgent. Matter of fact, Jesus goes on to tell us in Matthew 9, 37, then he saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Those were Jesus' words. He said, look, there's, there's plenty of people out there to win souls, but, but, but there's few laborers. There's few people wanting to get involved, wanting to be a part of that, wanting to be actively involved in, in bringing people to Christ. Do you know why people don't want to be reapers? Because they're lazy. You see, reapers is a demanding job it's a demanding work pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto the harvest there are rewards for the reapers in the harvest what is the pay for reaping 30 40 50 bucks a soul maybe a hundred no Wages now, God's blessings in daily life. Fruit to be evident later. What fruit are we talking about? Eternal life. That's the fruit that, 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 that we going to continue to talk about here. What will the greatest reward be? Those who have won, won to the Savior. Why? When you start winning souls, you start storing up these crowns and, 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 and these jewels in your crown and you begin to have these things and you begin rejoicing with those who come to Christ. You know, if nothing else, winning one soul to Christ, somebody that you love dearly, it will, it, will, it will send you enthusiastically into the harvest field. It'll make you want to win more people to Christ. You see, there's something invigorating, if you will, about winning one person to Christ. Yeah. There's, there's, there's something exciting about winning a soul to Christ. I'm gonna now I'm putting y'all on the test again. They, don't worry, they can't see you out there, but I can see you in here. How many has taken time and has won one soul to Christ? How does it feel? How did it feel when you won that person to Christ? It might have been a loved one. It might have been an aunt or an uncle or a son or a daughter. I remember, and I'm not supposed to talk about it, but we're doing it today. Chelsea, excuse me, but I remember when Chelsea and Virginia were going to church 
on a Wednesday night to Michonette's in Ocala. And I think she was five years old at the time, maybe four, I can't remember. She's sitting in the back seat. She was still in the car seat at the time. I don't think she ever got out of the car seat <laughs> for years. She was the smallest kid I've ever seen in my life. I don't think when she was a year old, I think she only weighed about 21 pounds, if that much. Might have been less than that. I can't remember. Just one much. She's a small, skinny thing with this hair that went all the way down to the back of her knees. Because I refused to let her mama cut it. That's how dad taught. Anyway, she's sitting in the back of that seat and she's driving to church and she said, Mama, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna know Jesus forever. And so Mama pulled the car over and she did, she said the sinner's prayer. Right in the car on the way to church. Praise God. She's never forgot about that Savior to this day. Why is that? Because she's seen her mom and dad live for the Lord in everything that they do. Mm -hmm. It hasn't always been good. It hasn't always been fun. It hasn't always been prosperous. But they kept their faith steady on the Lord. You know, the word of God says to raise up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. Some children do wander away from the Lord. But you know what? Sometime in their lifetime, they always seem to come back. That's why I truly believe you can never stop praying for your children. You should never stop praying for brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas. Now, I don't know about anybody got grandma and grandpas in here right now, but if you do, I'm like, wow! You got a lineage in your family. But anyway. But I'm saying... When you keep your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, people see that that's real. I know a lot of people who have been coming back to Christ lately saying, there has to be something to it. You always talk about it. You're always happy. Even when you're in the midst of a very difficult situation in your life, you're still happy. I'm happy. Even though Virginia's probably been the sickest in her whole life these last few years, I'm still happy. I'm not happy that she's sick, but I'm happy because I have a Savior who tells me he's going to make everything right. I've had people say, but she's so sick. What happens if she dies? Then what? I said, well, then she gets to go to heaven before me. Well, how will that make you feel? I said, probably sad inside. But she will have eternal life. I said, and what makes it even more joyous is that I know that when I get there, she'll already be there. And my mansion will probably be right next door to hers. And she won't let me inside because I don't like to, I don't like to leave everything nice and tidy. I kick my shoes off over here. And I might throw a shirt over there. Yeah, right. And she's very organized and very clean and very orderly. And she won't let me in her house. 
she'll probably talk to me at the front door and say, hi, how are you? How can I help you? No, you can't come in. But you know what? Just thinking on that one thought, just for a moment, talking about the harvest, looking onto the fields that are white unto harvest, thinking about that one thought just for a moment, standing before heaven's gate. And they say, you can't come in. Do you know what it says in Revelation? We're talking about the harvest here. All, all, all the world will be judged. Right. All the world, all the living will be judged. The righteous and the unrighteous will stand before Jesus Christ as he turns the pages in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name in the book? Now I'm going to get a little more serious with you. Are your children's names in the book? Mm -hmm. Are your aunts and uncles' names in the book? Mm -hmm. Are those that you care about, your neighbors, those around you, are their names in the book? You see, church, that should give you an opportunity to say, wait a minute, I want them there. So guess where that harvest field is? All those people that you know whose names are not in the book. We should be confessing the Lord Jesus Christ to them. We should be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. They are a part of the harvest field that is white unto harvest, that is ready for the picking. They're there. We should be bringing them in. Not every person is going to be as enthusiastic about Jesus Christ as you are. Not every person is going to be as enthusiastic about coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, because some people, when they think about, well, I'm confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, that must mean I'm going to die tomorrow. Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus today, heaven tomorrow, woo, sign me up. <laughs> If you were to tell people today, look, I want you to know this Jesus that I'm talking about. Now, mind you that your Christian walk will be the hardest walk you'll ever take. Yeah. Because it's not going to be a pleasant road. But I want you to know him anyway. How many people would be on board? No. We don't share those things. What we must share with people is eternal life. Eternal life. That's the most important thing right there. Because that's forever. The reaping of souls is forever. For what is our hope? Our joy. Our crown of rejoicing. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and our joy. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. He is 
He is our glory and our joy. Close your eyes for a minute and think of just, and all I want you to do is just vision Jesus Christ. I know you can't see his face, but you know, just vision what it would be like for him to be standing in front of you right now. And he asks you a question. Why should I let you in? Church, the answer is so simple. Because I asked you into my heart. In my life. I asked you to be my savior. There's a lot of things out in this world that will distract you and keep you away. But I tell you today, we must take an active part in reaping souls for Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege and the opportunity, Father, of sharing with this wonderful group of people and those who are watching about how important it is to be a part of the harvest. Lord, we know that it's a diligent work. It's a hard work. But, Lord, we know that we're doing it because you have commanded us to go into the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in. Lord, I pray this morning that you will actively encourage us, give us the words, give us the boldness, give us the enthusiasm to go into the world and to reap in the harvest. Let us obey your will and not our own. Let us follow after you and not ourselves. And we'll give you the glory the honor and the praise for this we ask this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Amen.